good morning. I am still Brandon, one of the pastors here. Um, it just brings so much joy to my heart to see flowers on the screen with this series. I don't know about you all, but seeing brightly colored flowers just really made my morning. I do have to confess that when I opened the garage door this morning, I did have to pause and just enjoy my clean driveway. It has not been that, amen, right? It has not been that way for a long time. It's good to know that it was still there. All right, uh, if you're joining us on a screen or in the sanctuary, we're so glad that you're here with us today. So it is not a surprise to any of us that we, we live in a world where everybody seems to split left and right these days. You know, we see it easily in our politics where we see things this way, other folks see it this way, and we only associate with people that agree with us. We do that in more than our politics, though, even like with the football teams that we like. Come up to the Super Bowl, you're going to have Eagles fans gathering, you're going to have Chiefs fans gathering, and then you're even going to have people who don't care about that and just gather for the commercials, and they're all going to get together with same like-minded folks. We only associate with like-minded people, whether it's music that we like, the TV shows, the movies, uh, we only make connections with people that think like we do. We don't only do this in person, but we do this online as well. We place ourselves into these echo chambers where we only hear what we want to hear, reinforcing our beliefs, and we never hear somebody else's story, somebody else's background who had a vastly different life experience than we did. Now, the internet was hoped to have this idea to create a global village where all voices were heard and respected. So far, that has utterly failed. Uh, online connection has increased a certain type of accessibility, yet for the most part, we are more alone, we are more lonely than before the internet existed. One scholar explained that because we go to our own echo chambers, uh, where we only gather with people like us, we see less. We see less than what other people different than us are experiencing. We have less opportunities to understand one another. We have created a less transparent society. And because our digital, because our digital experiences, they're so highly customized, they're so perfect for us, to our individual taste, we end up living in isolated little worlds of our own. And as a result, we feel achingly far. We feel achingly far from other human beings. In an isolated world, in a polarized world, how are we as followers of Jesus supposed to respond? Is this how Jesus built a movement and started a church by gathering just people that agreed with him? No, as a matter of fact, he did the exact opposite. At one point in Jesus' ministry, he had a few hundred people following him, and you would guess there'd be a wide diversity of opinions on all kinds of things. But even when you look at just the 12 disciples, he gathered a unique, diverse group in the 12 disciples. For example, one of those disciples wanted to violently overthrow Rome from Israel in a military coup. Another disciple worked for Rome. He was a tax collector. He was a turncoat. He was a traitor. And I'm sure there are other disciples who could have cared less about any of that stuff. He gathered a diverse movement that focused on his teachings, his leadership, his death, and resurrection. So how can we build loving communities with Jesus at the center in the middle of our world that is so polarized, so enemy-making, so isolated, so us versus them? 
National Community Church. It's a church in Washington, D.C., the hub of all of our political polarization. They are a home church to Republican and Democratic politicians. And we know those folks disagree on all kinds of things, but they come together on Sundays and still build their lives on Jesus together. The church's students, the church's youth, came up with these ideas of how we can not only be peaceful, peaceful people, but peacemakers. How can we bring less isolation? How can we bring less division as people who follow Jesus? Jesus challenges us in his longest teaching to not just live at peace with each other, but to actually make peace happen, to bring shalom, to bring peace, to bring wholeness to everybody. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Serving as a peacemaker in a world that is so volatile and polarized and unkind and unmerciful and ungraceful as ours, it is going to take courage, it's going to take patience, and it's going to take practice. So this church's students come up with these practices of peacemaking that we are adopting here at Legacy for the kind of culture that we want to create, the place that we want to be, the loving community we want to be centered on Jesus. And in this world that is in desperate need of people to make connections, to fight isolation, and to be makers of peace. They and we want to be a people who ask anything, who listen well, who freely disagree, and who love regardless. Now, ask anything. We do, we work to cultivate trust. We, uh, we not only ask challenging questions and tolerate them, we go beyond tolerating them, but we encourage them. We meet different perspectives with honest discussion rather than judgment. We also do our best to listen well to each other. We seek to develop God's heart as we're fully present and listening to those who think and have vastly different backgrounds than we do. We pause first, we listen to understand, we do our best to not half listen, we listen to understand instead of trying to think of how we're going to respond. We freely disagree. We create a place where people can disagree freely and still have unity in Jesus. Our differences bring strength, they bring beauty to the kingdom rather than division. This is a hard one. This is difficult, but it is key as we try to be people who are making peace. Last, we love regardless. Loving in the way of Jesus is unconditional, and it costs us something. It is not a, just a sentimental kind of hallmark notion of love. It does thing. It costs us something to love other people. We're going to challenge people at times, but we will refuse. We will refuse to hate others, and we're not going to turn people into issues. We try to see the image of God, the very spark of God in every single human being ever created because it's there. God tells us that it is there. So what does the world need now? What does the world need now in loving communities that are called churches? The world needs a people centered in Jesus who ask anything, who listen well, who freely disagree, and who love regardless. Our entire last series in January, Deconstruct, the whole thing was built around this idea of ask anything. Ask anything, any doubt you've got, go on a search, go on a search with Jesus because the question, the doubt, the wondering is gonna help you build a mature faith, a resilient faith, no matter what's gonna come your way. So today, we're gonna dive into practice number two. 
This practice of peacemaking, of building a loving community with Jesus at the center that has the power to change the world and us. It is this habit of listening well. This is difficult. We're calling each other to listen to each other, to develop God's heart as we're fully present to those that are with us, that think differently than we do. We pause first, listening to understand, rather than coming up with our response. Now, so much of social media, so much of our favorite 24-hour news channels is the opposite of this. Instead of listening to understand, they are just listening to respond and to be heard. Instead of seeking to make our position known, and it is the right position, gosh darn it, instead of making that known, uh, we just, we don't listen, we half listen. We half listen to what another person says, we half read what someone else posts, and we immediately push back with our already prepared responses. We're rendering our fingers, we're rendering our thoughts while they're even still talking. We're not listening to understand, we are listening just to respond to what we think they are going to say. We are ignoring what any other perspectives someone else can bring to the table. We so much, and I am guilty of this as well, we so much act like this mom trying to talk to her teenage daughter. Watch this. Mom, I know I'm in your space. Just ignore me while I put away all your clothes for you. No, um, do you remember that thing I was talking about in the car this morning? Um, I think so, maybe. I could really use your advice. Oh, well, I'm sure I could squeeze you in before I go in there and scrape the boogers off Jack's headboard. <laughs> okay, well, listen to this craziness. So, this girl said I took her from I the knew room she'd room come to me. Like, Why wouldn't she? I'm such a good so, mom. She's lucky to have me. Zoe hadn't said two words to you all month. Suck it, Dre. Anyway, what should I do? What now? About everything I just said. You got any advice? Uh, <laughs> it's a lot to chew on. It's like it's a lot of facets to this one. You know, it's like a little diamond. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back to you. I'm gonna think about it. So, okay? I'll be right back. I'm gonna get back. That is half listening, friends. And how many of us have been found guilty of that? You know, one of our greatest needs as human beings is just to be heard, to have one other person listen to us and hear our story, to listen to the end of someone's story, to listen to the end of their perspective is a huge gift. We don't listen to judge what they did or didn't do. We listen merely to understand what their experiences are, what their life story has been. We might clarify some certain details. When we try to live out Jesus' command of loving our neighbor, sometimes all our neighbor needs, sometimes all they need is just one person to listen to their story. That's it. That might be the way you can love your neighbor is simply to listen from where they came from. And they want to know just one person has heard their story. It can cost us a lot in our focus to merely listen, to not think about all the other things we've got going on in our day. It's hard not to judge things or to find solutions, but just to be present just to be, let someone be heard and to be known by another human being is incredibly powerful. In friendships, in romantic relationships, with spouses, one of the most powerful questions, one of the things you can learn after you listen to somebody, after you've listened to the whole thing, especially as they share a painful or tough or complicated story, you then need to suss out and see if you need to ask, 
Did you want me to fix it or did you want me to just listen? Did you want me to give you my thoughts or did you just want me to listen? For our friends, our family, those we deeply love, we usually want to fix it. We're all like Fix-It Felix from the movie Wreck-It Ralph. We want to fix things for people, and that's not always what they need. Sometimes folks just need us to listen, and that's it. Our loved ones don't always need the fixing, friends. There is power. There is Holy Spirit power. There is Jesus transforming power in just listening, in just listening to someone else's story. There is a good part of professional counseling that is just listening and reflecting back what you have heard another person say. There is power, Holy Spirit power in learning to listening well. Our scripture this morning that Becca mentioned is just from a little letter in your back of your Bible called James. You're welcome to turn there now if you want to in your Bible on your favorite device. You can follow on the screen with me. Now, one of, this is one of these many short letters we've got in the back of our Bibles. They are short, they're to the point. Many of them are filled with very practical advice on how we should live out our faith today. If you've never read a whole book of Scripture before, uh, one of those little letters in the back, that's a great place to start. James is a good one. There's very practical advice about how hey, we should move into the world, loving God and loving neighbors as ourselves. You might be asking, who was James? Now, James was as common as a name in the first century as it still is here in 2023. But the odds are very good, and church tradition teaches, that this James was Jesus' brother. This James was the strong central leader in the original Jerusalem church for the first 30 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. You you might have heard of Peter. Peter is one of the 12 disciples. And Paul, Paul was the guy who had this incredible encounter on the road and followed Jesus. And Peter and Paul travel all over the world. They travel all over the Mediterranean, telling people the good news that Jesus has died and rose again. But James? James doesn't go anywhere. James plants in Jerusalem. He stays right there, praying and teaching right where Jesus was killed and resurrected. James's little letter at times feels like we're reading this book of Proverbs, these short little bits of wisdom to help us live well. Our, human, our own human wisdom, we try to come up with our own little bits. We come up with our own Proverbs like, a stitch in time saves nine. I still have no idea what on earth that means. A rolling stone gathers no moss. Even as kids on the playground will say things like, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And our human wisdom isn't always the best. Because even that kid saying, well, it's nice and brave, it isn't true at all. You can heal from a broken bone, you can heal from somebody throwing a stone at you, but if somebody says something bad about you, words hurt. Words can stay with you for a long time. They leave wounds that take far longer to heal than a broken bone. Unkind words don't break bones. Unkind words break hearts. Words can do terrible things and leave lasting damage. That's what James is writing about here. He's dealing with the power of words in this first century church and where we turn to this morning for our scripture. He's got some powerful wisdom for us as we seek to build a loving community centered on Jesus that listens well. This is James 1. We're going to start in verse 19. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You all must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. 
Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. I swear our 21st century world, all of our technology, all of our advanced media, we just do the exact opposite. Everything. We are quick to speak. We are quick to get angry. We are slow to listen. Loving communities centered on Jesus, we need to be people who listen well to each other. And it begins learning how to listen, to close our mouths, and to slowly, being really, really, really slow in getting angry. This is easy to do in principle. This is easy for me to say. You can memorize this verse before you leave church here this morning, but this is nearly impossible to live out. This is tough work. We can easily hear another person, but to truly listen to what they're saying, to hear what they're saying underneath the words they're saying is tough. It takes effort and discipline and intentionality. It's a skill that you can improve with over time. Now, one short little resource that is helpful in building these kind of loving communities together in Jesus is a little book called Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer was a German theologian. He lived during the Nazi years in Germany, up and nearly to the end of World War II. Well, Bonhoeffer had the opportunity to live in safety here in America. He chose to go back to Germany. He was here. He was teaching in our seminaries. He was training scholars and pastors. And instead of staying here in relative safety, he chose to go back to Germany. He could have stayed. Instead, he chose to put the people in his homeland first instead of his own safety. Now, friends, listening well is making the choice to put somebody else's needs ahead of your own, to put their need to be heard over and above your need to be heard. Now, as a result of Bonhoeffer's choice and many others, he was executed in a concentration camp just a couple of days before the Allies liberated it. His little book, Life Together, is a fantastic resource that puts, us, puts personal prayer and everyday work and worship and Christian service in simple words. So he's got some advice for us as we listen well. If we truly want to be a loving community centered on Jesus that listens well, it means we need to build patience. When we're with somebody, the smartphone gets turned off or silenced. Our default setting is half listening. We saw Rainbow do it with her daughter. We all do that. We are all half listening all the time. We think we know what the other person's going to say. We think they know where they're going, so we've formulated a response, and then we're thrown for a loop because they went in an entirely different direction we thought. We would have caught that had we actually been listening. If we want to be the people that are quick to listen, we've got to fully concentrate on the person that has come to us, whether or not they've interrupted our day or our schedule. As one author said, rarely will any speaker, rarely will any person in front of us start with the most important information. We need to hear the whole train of thought. We've got to listen fully to the end. We've got to listen to that train of thought all the way to the caboose before we're ready to respond to what they might have said. Last week, a few legacy folks participated in a Congregational Care Minister workshop. This is a program where they come alongside us pastors and they're able to provide pastoral care along with us to the congregation. And they learned three levels of listening. The first we all know is half listening. The second level of listening is fully listening, where we're fully engaged with somebody right in front of us. But the third level of listening, 
They called 360-degree listening with the Holy Spirit. That notion of trying to get underneath what somebody is saying, what do they really want to hear? What do they really want to be saying to me? Engaging with the Holy Spirit to saying, okay, Spirit, help me discern what in this train of thought is something that I need to respond to. What is the most important thing here that this person wants to be sure another person has heard? In addition to patience, we need to understand that listening well, it is an act of love. Half listening, says Bonhoeffer, despises the other person and is just waiting for a chance to speak so we can get rid of them. Poor listening rejects, good listening embraces. The book of Proverbs is full of wisdom like this, where it really cuts to the quick of what it means to listen. There's verses like this. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Is that a good definition for social media or what? Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. You know, we could blast that on a social media. We could point that on a, a news channel we don't like. But the reality is we all do this. Like we all have done this. We all have wanted our own opinion to be heard and not tried to listen to somebody else. We are all guilty of not listening well at times. Poor listening, it diminishes the other person. Good listening invites them to exist and that you acknowledge and you love them. Just as, God, just as love to God begins with listening to God's word, so the beginning of love for others is listening to them. Just like we learn to love God by engaging with scripture, memorizing scripture, learning what it means to be in God's word, to love others, we got to listen to them. That's where it begins. Just like love, listening well is patient. Just like love, listening well is kind. Listening well does not care about its own interests, but it looks to the interests of others first. Third, listening well asks perceptive questions. We try to avoid yes-no questions. We try to avoid getting this person to agree with our point of view, whatever the conversation might be. We want to look to get to know who the person actually is and get to understand them as the human being made in the image of God that they are. We can ask questions like, well, how did you get to this place? Share with me your story. How did you get here? What emotion was driving that decision? Was it a logical uh, decision? Was it an emotional decision? Which emotion drove that? Or was it a gut reaction, a gut response, and now you're regretting that because it was like a gut thing? Were you operating out of your head, your heart, or your hands? Asking questions to get more information out of people, to let them, give them permission to open up, helps us to stay fully listening. Get us close to that 360-degree listening with the Holy Spirit, showing them that we value the conversation we're having with them right in front of us. Friends, listening well, it does require patience and time to learn. It is an act of love. It asks perceptive questions. And it actually, listening well, it reflects back our own relationship with God. Our inability to listen to other people could actually be a symptom that our own chatty spirit is drowning out the voice of God. It could actually be a symptom we've got an issue with our relationship with God we got to straighten out. Bonhoeffer notes, the person who can no longer listen to their brother or sister will soon be no longer listening to God either. They'll be doing nothing but prattling in the presence of God. This is the beginning of the death of the spiritual life. Anyone who thinks that their time is too valuable 
to spend keeping quiet will eventually have no time for God and have no time for their brother and sister, but only for themselves and their own follies. So listening well, it is central to not just our relationships with each other, but to God as well. Let us spend some time setting ourselves in prayer, sending ourselves as we prepare to receive Holy Communion and reconnect with God through that practice. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we confess it is so much easier for us to be slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to get angry. May the Holy Spirit do deep work in us so we listen fully and completely to the people in front of us. May we get to know them with no distraction, to see them as you see them. People deeply loved and created and wonderfully made by you. May we go into a new week taking all the opportunities in front of us to listen well to whatever person we are with. As we prepare ourselves to receive Holy Communion today, we confess there are times this last week we didn't listen well. There are times we fell short loving God and loving neighbor fully. So God, as those times come to our mind's eye where we made a mistake, we fell short, we didn't love with all that we are, we confess them to you now in this moment of silent prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for forgiving us each and every time that we ask. May your spirit give us ears to listen well this week to all of those who are put in our path. God, we lift up all the prayers spoken and unspoken today. We pray together in the way Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.